It's a five-star podcast. Because we do it. What's real? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the What's Real podcast, episode 137. I am your host, Ed Demko, along with my co-host, my cohort, my co-conspirator, and my co-tag team championship partner in podcasting, the J himself, Jared Bajoris. What's going on, the J? It's the last appearance of the Jerwolf. Hey, uh, and we'll be talking about it, even though we'll be doing some semblance of wrapping up with some more horror film talk in the wrap up of the 31 days in the near future. However, it's the last official of the 31 days of Halloween here on the What's Real podcast, one of our favorite months of the year. Just like that. Hey, Ed, closing out as, as we record next week will be officially in November. How crazy is that? The month of October flew by, as we've been saying, week in and week out. And, but as we said, hey, you know, time flies when you're having fun. And we have a blast here on the Dubar question mark. So let's do the 137 with the peace out of the Jerwolf. Absolutely. We have a nice show lined up for you guys this week. As the Jay mentioned, the last official week of the 31 Days of Halloween. Uh, we have a double feature. Uh, thanks to Joe Bob and Darcy down at the last drive-in. Their Halloween special uh, includes Elvira's Haunted Hills from 2001 and the movie Popcorn from 1991. So that'll be a lot of fun. Of course, another full week of NFL talk. Uh, We're going to talk NFL week seven, including specifically breaking down the Steelers versus the Dolphins, some fantasy football power rankings and our predictions from last week and for next week. Uh, Also on the show this week is another episode of the Tales from the Territories. This time, the AWA, the American Wrestling Association. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Of course, we're going to be talking about some goofs and much, much more. So, uh, the J, uh, how's October been for you so far? I I, I know we mentioned this, like, to each other, like, not too long ago off the air. But uh, it's not, like, I haven't been doing a lot of Halloween-related activities other than just watching movies. (laughs) No, that's what sucks. And, and and we talked about getting together and, and doing something. But I had mentioned going into the month, I kind of knew that from the first couple of weekends on, the J was pretty much going to be done because of the activities that I had scheduled. Uh, we talked about the surgery I had. I had that minor outpatient surgery. But nonetheless, it was still a full-on surgery. So that was on a Thursday that I had the surgery. So that went right into a weekend that I was hemmed up, you know, couldn't really do much. And then the following weekend was my cousin's wedding in Philly. And then this weekend, as we speak, uh, the weekend coming up, Hey Ed, uh, your boy's doing his traditional trip with his family that we do to seven Springs. For those that don't know, it's a, uh, a mountain resort about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, real easy drive up the turnpike. We do it every year. It's beautiful in the fall. Just go up and watch horror movies with the family and, and just relax. It's great. But nonetheless, that's been my October, and as you know, been busy otherwise. We have some big announcements with the the film we've been working on that's coming out. Uh, you know, I shot uh, actually stuff with with Cam that we talked about this month with a film project with the George A. Romero Foundation. So, to say the least, hey Ed, it's been just a crazy, fun, exhausting October twenty two for your boy, the J. Personally, yeah, I mean, I wish I could say the same for the same reasons, but. For me, it's just work and other random shit that I've had to deal with uh, that I've just been busy with. 
I was going to say, I know you've been busy either way. Yeah, I mean, I've had the chance to watch a lot of movies because it's like if I'm like, there's a lot of instances basically where I'm at home, but I have a ton of shit I have to do and deal with. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like getting in movies isn't a problem, but like, well, I can tell you, speaking of that, uh, the one thing that I can say has been a continuous pain in the ass for me this month is getting to a movie theater or a drive-in, which is something I've been trying to time out. But it's like anytime something worthwhile is playing at the drive-in that I had the opportunity on a weekend to go see, I end up having other plans that I had to do. And then during the week or even on the weekends, whenever I've looked up movie times or wanted to see specific things, because I don't even know if I told you this or not, but the theater near me um, on Saturdays has been showing like universal double features. And yeah. The one near the mall. Yeah. But it only it's 1 p.m. on Saturdays. That's it. And it's like. Over three hours, like I've been trying to get to one of these the entire month. It's been a failure um, because I have other shit to do or things that are basically making it so I can't go at that time. Um, And it's just, dude, it's been so fucking frustrating. Like, it's incredibly frustrating how weird it is with movie times and shit anymore. The drive-in, I kind of understand because they're under, you know, certain parameters for daylight and shit like that. So there's only so many things they could do. But, you know, the movie theater, man, it's frustrating. It's very weird. Other than like driving completely out of the way to go to far ass theaters to see shit. That's what I was going to say, because the two biggest things that were going to get me out this month, as far as what you're talking about, goes within a very busy month and all these tied up weekends was things like we we discussed briefly Terrifier 2 and yeah. uh, Dawn of the Dead in 3D, and neither of those things were really local. I know you mentioned to me that Terrifier 2 uh, played at a theater that was near the city, but it was another one of those things that just had one random-ass time of a screening that well, we weren't going to be able to make. It, there was – it played uh, at the waterfront uh, for like a week, but during the week, the times were terrible for me, depending on – you know how this is, the Jay, being at rush hour and me having to get one area to another. It just takes too fucking long after work and after I do all the other shit that I have to do for me to be able to make it. Like, I'd be able to make it at like 8 o'clock or maybe like 7.30 or even 7-ish. But when something's like at 6 and it's not that close to me, then I'm like, I'm not going to be able to make it. Like, I know I'm not going to be able to make it. So right. that kills, like, Terrifier 2 I've been chasing for a little bit, like... Word is that they're getting into more theaters this weekend. So maybe there's a possibility I could fucking get somewhere and see it. I don't know. And if I'm sure if there's a possibility, then I'll have some other sort of thing that I have to do anyway. So it's just generally how it shakes out. But but yeah, man, it's it's been fun with the movies, but it's definitely kind of been a bummer with almost everything else. Yeah, to, yeah. Like- to Halloween, frankly. Like, that's the thing. I, I've been enjoying my month. It's, it's been really cool. But as far as typical Halloween stuff and, and seeing, seeing uh, you know, a good portion of my friends, you know, because seeing my family is great. Obviously, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's it's just eating up this this whole month for any drive-in trips. Because I know you and I talked at the beginning of the month about trying to do a drive-in night. Yeah. You know, because I, I have the dependables right up the street for me. You yep. know, so that's that's really easy. But, you know, like you said, you can't you know, there's only so much time in the day. Hey, you know, and, and the Jay's not going to complain. However, it's just you can only do so many things, you know, especially being tied up. But 
you know, de- definitely not, like I said, definitely not going to complain about going to Philly for my cousin's wedding. It was a blast and, and seeing the family. There's a lot of people, obviously I haven't seen still stemming from like the pandemic years and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, good to see everybody and, and party. And, and then an, another thing this month that goes into to kind of like rounding up just our, our personal events to this point, uh, as, as those listeners of the what's roll podcast know, Hey, Ed and the J huge sneakerheads newsflash there. And I actually sent you a picture this week because I kind of looked back in my office and I'm like, dude, this is getting so ridiculous. <laughs> now I have officially nine pairs on ice, nine pairs, dead stocked of, of sneakers including sure to be be 10 by the next time you guys hear us. Yeah. Yeah. I was joking. I'm like, dude, I I just need to get another pair just to have an either even 10 just to do it. Although I did buy uh, on Hey Ed's suggestion, some North face thermo balls that are still on ice that I'm busting out soon. So those would be the official 10 because I haven't opened them yet. So I I do kind of have 10 anyway with those. Uh, But I was going to mention in in that uh, nine dead stock shoes does include a pair of untouched Yeezy boosts, and we know where Yeezy is right oh, now. So Jesus. we we got to see where the resale market goes with those. I was reading you know, some articles about that. It's kind of all over the place, but the J got a pair. That reminds me. So I saw this thing today on Twitter where, uh, and for the life of me, I wouldn't give it on here anyway because it doesn't fucking matter. But uh, there's a particular shoe store, not like a big brand or anything like that, but a particular shoe store that you would definitely know the J. Um, but they were informed by Adidas that like all of the Yeezys that they have are not to be sold. They're to be, you know, that's like, what I've been hearing. Yeah. Like they, they're putting the kibosh on everything immediately like that. I, but the one thing is, is they're not sending them back. So it sounds like they're going to let them be for a moment. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, but, um, cause obviously we're talking about how Adidas has killed off their deal with Kanye West and you know, rightfully so with shit like that. That's nobody's going to do business with people like that. It just is what it is. Um, but it's, uh, dude, like I, I heard people like there, I saw something too, where, you know, them fucking hideous, like, uh, oh man, what the fuck are they? the slides? Not not the slides, the fucking other ones. Yeah, like, the big foam things. I always call them yes. the dune shoes. Yeah. yeah, basically those were like it looked like they were a Marshalls or something. I saw which. I, yeah, Marshalls cut ties. I saw that. Or TJ Maxx is the one it, I saw. Well, that's they're all owned by the same parent company. So well, there you go. I it is what it is. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're gonna go up in price, man. I mean. That's just how it works with shit like that. Because if they just quit production on them tomorrow, like, and they're not going to be making anymore, then whatever's out there is going to get more expensive. Because oddly enough, people like the dude. Uh, you know, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we we liked his first two albums and some production. He some did production, yeah, before ago. he went went crazy. And you know, you don't like to poke fun at mental illness if that's the case, but. When, when you're responsible for all these companies and things like that, like you said, people are, they're, they're not going to do business with you and his whole thing's dropping like flies. And then, and then of course the conspiracy theories start too. I was talking to my one buddy who's like, you know, he's, he's doing this on purpose because he wanted to cut ties and go on his own. And 
Yeah, well, you know, it just sure. gets to the point of saying whatever, you know. I see. I don't believe that because then I see shit like Donda Sports, which is his sports agency. Right. Yeah. The, they Aaron Donald Aaron dropped Donald, out. Jason yeah. Tatum dropped out. And his basketball and, team was supposed to be in a tournament, dude, and they they're not allowed to play in it. And I don't know if you saw this or not. Just to throw this out there too, did you see this shit? Like, I don't know if you know that Antonio Brown's the president of Donda Sports. Don, yeah, it's. Well, we live to, in a South Park movie. Well, yeah. They had to release some like press release with something from Antonio Brown, and like all I like I saw like somebody posted a picture of the press release, and all they said in their tweet, and they were it was like Antonio Brown did not write this. And then I was reading it. It's definitely like it's like corporate speak, and it's yeah, like, it's like way then, too coherent. Yeah, and then like you read through it, and then it's like sincerely Antonio Brown, president, Donda Sports, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way. And then I saw like, uh, wow, I'm trying. God damn it, I wish I remembered what he said. But they were like, uh, Antonio Brown was asked about Kanye West and what he said this past week, and it was like. It was like one of them old Mike Tyson things where he was like, his his responses were taken out of precipice. Like, here's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm just like, oh man, really? This fucking walking case of CTE is the president of a fucking sports management company. Oh, my God. Uh, you got to love it. But uh, anyway, uh, but we still have a lot of stuff for you this week here on the show. So the Jay, what do you say? We head off to our very first commercial break. And whenever we come back, we're going to start the official last week, full week of the 31 days of Halloween. So we got a double dose of movie reviews with Elvira and popcorn. And of course, we're going to catch up on our 31 days and see where we're at on our lists. And uh, that'll all be right after this. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back right here on the What's Real podcast. Join us next week on episode 138 of the What's Real podcast. It's exclusive, consistent coverage of the NFL with Hey Ed and the J, this time with weeks eight and nine. Also, another episode of Vice's Tales from the Territories, this time it's Central Earth. And three, two, one. Join us next week on episode 138 of the What's Real podcast. It's the exclusive deep NFL coverage that only the What's Real podcast can do. It's NFL weeks eight into nine. Another episode of Vice's Tales from the Territories, this time on championship wrestling from Florida. Also, the final tallies are in for the 31 days of Halloween. See how many movies the boys watched and see their line of questioning for all types of movie fun from this October. Ha! This is Timothy James with the What's Real Podcast talking about goofs or goofs for episode 138 of the show where they got to talk about Mr. Teddy Bear, the human werewolf, the world's dirtiest man, and a chick that had an orgasm during labor. All that and much more next week on episode 138 of the What's Real Podcast. What's real, everybody? It's your boy, The J, from the What's Real Podcast. Here throwing out there the opportunity to advertise here on the Dub R question mark. That's right. You, yourself, whatever you're trying to sell on the interwebs or anywhere or anything, we're whores. We'll help you put it out there. 
just contact us at whatsrealpod at gmail.com. That's whatsrealpod at gmail.com to advertise on the show of shows, the Pod Upon Pods today, and team up with Hate Yelp, the J, and the Wizard Behind the Boards for some sick 16K advertising. Just hit us up and we'll make a deal. And we're back, and it is time once again to get into 31 Days of Halloween here on the show, The J. And before we get into the movie reviews, uh, let's go over our lists so far. So I'll just run mine down real quick, The J, uh, until, uh, you know, obviously the entries into this week. I was up to 31 as of last week's show, so the goal has been completed. You uh, did it, hey, Ed. No, I didn't do what I wanted to do, and I'll explain that as well, but... Here is the the lineup so far. It's Glorious, Village of the Damned, Orphan, Friday 13th Part 2, Candyman, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Remake of Last House on the Left, The Gate, May, X, Creepshow, Cabin Fever, Happy Death Day to You, Trick or Treat, The Butterfly Effect, Land of the Dead, Birth of the Living Dead, The Fog, Pumpkinhead, Halloween, House, Halloween 4 and 5 and 6, Halloween Ends, Halloween H2O, Poltergeist, Friday the 13th, the original, uh, Salem's Lot, the original, Pet Cemetery, and Pet Cemetery 2. The J? All right. The J got Halloween Kills, Conjuring 2, Fright Night, Jeepers Creepers, X, Hellraiser 2022, Slither, The Gate, Dog Soldiers, Don't Breathe, Werewolf by Night, The Wraith, Beast, Terrifier, Maximum Overdrive, Van Helsing, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Idle Hands, The Curse of Bridge Hollow, Friday the 13th, 9. I, I wrote that down. It's Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, The Lost Boys brought me to, I was at the Jay's Lucky number up to 21 last week. Okay. So now just so you guys at home know, this week we're going to catch you up to where we're watching. And next week on the show, we're going to have our final tallies because from when we record to Halloween, there's some time in there. And that's obviously the cutoff is Halloween night. So let's just get into it, the J, because uh, you're a little bit behind here. Let's see how uh, how you do. Throw off five titles for me. All right. So starting off with a, a real big goodie, hey, uh, a classic in 4K in all its glory. Uh, I had mentioned to you, I think it was last week or the week before that it was being delivered or had been delivered. We're starting off with Return of the Living Dead in 4K, which was awesome. Good shit. That's a good one. Uh, Next up is Torn Hearts. I don't know if uh, you saw this one. This was an original film from one of the streaming services. I think it was Hulu. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I, you know, I didn't mark it or anything. It's not in front of me. But it was a, a streaming service original film. And the the main star was, uh, why am I brain farting? Peg, Peg Bundy. Katie Seagal. Oh, no, I haven't seen this one. How can I forget uh, our girl Katie Seagal? But she she played a retired like recluse country singer like hall of fame country singer that had kind of gone out of the public eye that these up and coming singers out of tennessee kind of tracked down to get her advice and maybe try to get her to do a collab with them and shenanigans 
kind of stem from that is the point. Okay. But it was it was decent. Katie and I watched it. My my wife Katie and I not Katie Seagal. Yeah, you and Katie Seagal watched it. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> uh, at the uh, in Philly at the hotel room. Uh, okay, watched that one. Uh, next up, uh, I I just did some random uh, writing here. I'll just give you two more for now. Hey, Ed, uh was uh, one of the movies from tonight that we'll be talking about further with the double drive-in uh, films, Elvira's Haunted Hills, of course. And then I got to uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. That, that is oh, shot. okay. Did you, have you seen that before? I, th- I think I did, but I couldn't even remember it. And, it, you know, it was, it was classically, because that was a straight-to-TV movie from the 80s, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Which, which makes Made sense. It was TV. good for what it was. Yeah. yeah uh, Dr. Giggles is the uh, special oh, yeah. needs guy that starts everything. Yep. Larry Drake. Yep. Yeah. He's great. He's really good in that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he does really good. Yeah, the scene with the dog. Oh, yeah. Yep. Is that it but for you? That's it for now, yeah, because okay. I got a handful more. So. so I'll throw a few of these out. Uh, caught, uh, this is what I, I mentioned this on an earlier episode. The month where I get to watch all the Friday the 13th movies completely out of order because it doesn't matter at this point anyway. Yeah, right. But yeah. I, I continued on down that path. I watched uh, my second favorite but like it's really there for me at this point like it's really fucking close but uh friday 13th part five a new beginning uh watch friday 13th part six and i also watched friday 13th part three so got those in right there so uh and of course and i'll, I'll send it back to you the jay because i only have a couple more after that but i also watched elvira's haunted hills and i watched popcorn because we're reviewing them on the show and that was part of joe bob's last drive-in Yes, sir. So I'll throw that out in my first next slew. Uh, just since you brought that up, hey, Ed, is popcorn is in there on my tally. Uh, another one was Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Yeah, it's I been a while since I've watched that one. I remember, not like, I saw that one in the theater and I didn't like it really originally. Uh, and I've seen it a few times since, obviously, but, like, it's always just kind of, like, been okay to me. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's entertaining. It's just funny who pops up that we always say, like, we know who's in it, but, you know, years go by, all this shit comes in and out of your head. But, like, you know, Breckett Meyer being yeah. in it, young young as shit, things like that. And and, and what's the, the dude? Um, I'm brain farting again. Black dude, we love him. He's He was in the, uh, was it Extreme Justice with Ludon and Phillips? He has, like, the six shooter and everything, and he's in Running Man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why am I brain farting? Yeah, I am too, because we're both fucking exhausted already. Uh, <laughs> we show. can't even shout out the witching hour yet, because it's way too early. <laughs> yeah, but believe me, it's not. It's late. Co- Coda. Who? Coda. Is that Coda? his last name? Yeah. I Dude, I don't. I literally have no idea. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 one of those things where we we do have the what's real sponsor, the power of the internet. The so, internet, yeah. Yaf Yafet Koto. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, Yafet Koto! <laughs> I have no idea. That was like the last thing I was thinking of for some reason. I have no idea. Oh, this is terrible. We, we terrible do we week. do love you, Yafet. We do truly. Yeah. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Hey, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But uh, do you know the next one I watched? Here, here's a quote from it: "Your tits are spectacular." That's familiar to me. Fuck, no. I'm Friday not... the Thirteenth, oh nine. Uh, the remake, yeah, that fucking yep, it, turd of them. That's oh, the only good. God. That's that's the only good scene in the whole movie. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful breasts. Um, yeah, 10 out of 10. The last one I'll throw you in and I have three more. Hey, yeah, is uh, another classic that this off my, uh, the blueprints that we call it, that we do uh, pre 31 days. This one was on there. So another one off of that notched off. And that of course was the classic phantasm. Ah, good choice. Yeah. I watched yeah. that before October, but I, it's kind of bitch. like I ended up watching almost the whole series before October. So I didn't watch any this month. Uh, and I usually and I usually do, so it's weird. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I have a, a classic on here, obviously from 1976, Carrie. Uh, I also watched Night of the Living Dead 1990, and I watched John Carpenter's 2001 film, uh, Ghosts of Mars, uh, which I like. It's not. Yeah, great, I haven't watched that like in some it. time. Yeah, yeah, it it plays like a B movie, but it's I still like a lot about it. But would you watch that on? Uh, that was on AMC one day. I uh, just okay. ended up watching it, but, uh, but that's the end of my list for this week. And then we can get in the numbers when you're finished the J. All right. Yeah. Just three more. Hey, yeah, got two pretty much classics and then a, a more modern one that I'm interested to see if you had caught, which I'll say that one last. Uh, so this one was child's play. Of course, the, uh, good solid the Chucky, the original. Okay. Just, just listened you... uh, to a podcast with Chris Sarandon, who's 80 years old now. Dude. Still looks great, and an, uh, it's great that he's in it, you know? I'm a complete idiot because there's another one that I forgot to mention on here. There Be- you go. And you just reminded me of it. What movie do you think I would watch? Fright Night. Uh, exactly. That's what I watched as well. So that's awesome. another one. But, dude, and it was weird because I watched that right after you told me. Like, remember the day you were like, oh, I was listening to this podcast. I think we Sorry. do that to each other all the time. And then, you put no, shit in my head all the time. But this was on AMC. So oh, I was okay. like, fuck, that's so that weird. was just coincidence. Or, or no, this was on, it was on fucking, uh, it was either Turner or fuck, maybe sci-fi or something. Like it was on TV. I know that. So just caught it. Yeah. And I was like right at the beginning too. And I was like, fuck the Jade just mentioned Chris Sarandon. I'm definitely watching this right now. Yeah. Motherfucker crushing it in the eighties. Child's play fright night and princess bride. Yeah, it's true. And that was all like in years together. Like, yeah. pretty much. Beast mode. Then he married Susan Sarandon. Talk about racks. Knocking it out of the park, man. Fucking Chris Sarandon crushing. Uh, but the last two hate you. Know, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, Always throwing that in. You know, okay. So, I don't remember if we've ever talked about this before. But did you... How was the first time you saw Freddy versus Jason? We did, because I remember, we couldn't remember if we saw it together, because I remember being in a packed theater, and I think it was a bunch of our friends Okay, all went, so, and it was like crazy, it was like a really fun theater experience where like, mugs were all going nuts, but it wasn't really bothering you. you yes, know? it was fun, like, because it, yeah. it was all movie related, like nobody was like talking on their phone or just yelling right. or being an exactly, everybody's just into it. So, I have like a weird relationship with this movie because the first time I saw it, it was so much fucking fun because of that type of environment. Or we saw it separately and it was just like the theaters were on fire back then during this movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all went. It was on opening night when I saw it. I remember that. Um, But like every time I've seen it since, it's been a little bit more of a letdown. It's not bad, but it's just not anything like that experience was. So it's like, it's always kind of a sort of a letdown. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just I think they did pretty good, all things considered, though, because you know we we know about the development process of it, you and I, and how many different rewrites they did, and and you know you go back to some of the stories about it and its conception, where like some of the ideas were so fucking out there on what people were pitching. Yep. You know, you you remember that, right? There was like so many oh, different yeah. scripts and people. That's where cracks Jason at X it. originally came out of. They just there you go. refurbished I it that. to be Jason only. Only, yeah. So all things considered, and I bring that up because I think that the plot for for what they they you know could have done to like really blow the whole thing is pretty good. You know, because I mean, when well, you really think about it, you think it's a slam dunk as a fan, like oh, Freddy versus Jason. But at the end of the day, it's like doing any horror icon versus horror icon. What's going to be the story? And, well, and the story with how they do it is pretty cool. The I think one of the smartest things that they did was they got Ronnie Yu to do it, and that was when he yeah, was that's coming a great off point. The, the Bride of Chucky and all that kind of shit. So it's like you're not going to have, like, whenever you, it's this type of movie, it's not like a straight-up horror movie where it's like you're trying to be creepy and shit. Like, it's, it's almost like a superhero movie in a sort of a way, but it's just the backgrounds, like, horror-related shit. Um, but you... It's not going to be like this serious fucking showdown. So like a pretty good approach to it is having Ronnie Yu do it and then adding like the bit of comedic stuff. And then it has a big budget. So like there's an there's like epic fight scenes and shit like so it's it's framed a lot differently than the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th films are and were. So it's okay to me because it, it wasn't trying to like steal from the lineage of that shit just to make another fucking cash in sequel like that felt like a, a sequel that actually had fucking purpose compared to a lot of these series just where they're just grinded out repeatedly for more money exactly no I, I enjoy it it's really entertaining it's funny too like those those goofs that like as as always you have the handful that just take it too seriously like the uber nerds and th they're like fighting over who really won and like that's yeah. why they were watching the movie to see who won between yeah. Freddy versus Jason. So. It's like, you know, like, you know I could, I, I mean, the movie does tell you, if you paid attention at the time specifically, it does tell you who won. Yeah. New Line Cinema. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the producers. Well, $145 million in what, 2001 or whenever the fuck that came yeah. out. Yeah. It's a good return. Yeah. Uh, but the last one I mentioned was more of a, a modern one came out in the last couple years, kind of a slow burn, weird, creepy movie, but I, I, I thought it was okay. And that was antlers. I watched, uh, I haven't seen antlers. Um, I don't know if I would, you know, care or not. Like I'll yeah, probably it's a, eventually it's on it. HBO max. So yeah, it'd be worth checking out for you. And, and that's what I mentioned too, that, uh, Barbarian, uh, that that might be yeah. a watch that, that slips That's, in because yep, I was going to try to watch that last night. We were tied up with my my son's birthday dinner. I was like, "There's no way I can start something at close to ten and make it." And I really want to pay attention to that, obviously. So, uh, yeah, that's on HBO Max too. It just dropped uh, yesterday as we speak. So, some shit out there. Hey, yeah, but that catches up the J as well. And I'm not sure if you were paying enough attention, hey Ed, but your boy the J is ahead of his pace uh, from last year actually. And here as we close in on Halloween, the J broke the 31. I'm at 32. Oh, okay. Not Yay. too bad. Good shit, man. And uh, yeah, I ended up basically watching 10 movies. So I, I'm at 41. So 
I'm not, dude, I might as well just break the fucking story at this point. Cause remember I told you I had an original number in my head and there's no way in fuck I'm touching that at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was literally, 70. I was going to try a hundred. Oh God. I was going to, I'm try trying to do. think my, one of my Facebook friends that's in our quote unquote horror community. I'm trying, I forget who it is. And they've been posting and they say like movie, you know, 13 yeah, of yeah, the yeah. month. And he okay. was up to, he was in like the fifties. That was like one of the highest ones I've seen. He was at like 52 or something like that. Yeah. I think that's, so. I think if I remember correctly, I want to say I was in the fifties last year when it all ended up. But, yeah. I think you were, I think and it's the, the low fifties and that's very possible. That's what I end up doing again this year. Uh, yeah. You said we still on. have some days. I'm going to still be churning them out too. I'm going to see how much I can get. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's very possible that like even Sunday, like with football and stuff like that, like I'll, I will watch less than what I normally do and just watch the movies and shit. Yeah. And obviously I do the same thing I do every year on Halloween with Halloween and Night of the Living Dead. So I'm definitely going to watch those no matter what. So I had Barbarians, another one I'd like to get to this week cause, just because I really want to see it. So, but, uh, but dude, uh, this kind of sucks for me. But out of all these movies this week that I watched, which would be 10 more, only one of them was even on my list, and it was Freaks. That's it. So, like, I have so much shit. So I'm looking right now. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I watched 10 out of the 31 movies that I put on my original list. So that's going horrible, even though the number is pretty good for me I'm, I'm probably i'm probably somewhere around that too but like like we said that's why i kind of i changed it from just like the list to to describing it as a blueprint this year yeah because it's good to have if you get stuck for for some reason like we talked about it's like okay i'm going to the list i'm watching something of the i think i put like 40 some on mine this year that's you know yeah and and i think just blatantly transparent here on the show hey ed to you i think honestly this year i got lazy because like we talked about with our small talk opening segment with personal lives right now like my month's been so busy on top of everything else that it, it's like you know how lazy can you be the j to dip into your hundreds and hundreds of hard copy film collection to get a blu-ray but that's how it is you know it's like if i'm upstairs in the bedroom it's like i just i have all these streaming services and on demand there's tons and tons of horror movies on there so that's what a lot of my watches came from you know it's just flipping flipping through the the options I had on on demand and things like that and the streaming services. Yeah, it's really getting to the point where for me to dip into my collection, I really have to either want to specifically watch something. Exactly. Or, or and I was going to say or that's the only way I have access to it, but frankly that's not even true because if I don't have any other way to access it then a lot of the times I just watch something else, which kind of Well, like sucks. you said and, and then you catch something on AMC or Sci-Fi because everybody's running yeah. horror movies this month, yeah. So you're just you're, you're just the stuff's right there. So it's like I, I'm not dipping into my collection because I have all this stuff like right into my fingertips anyway. And, Did you and I have all this stuff for. to watch in little time that I pay for? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, in October you feel like you're getting complete money's worth out of your cable bill. Yeah, for the first time all year, for the most part, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, October. That's good, and then. It's weird, too, because then you feel the residuals of that once November hits and all that shit's off TV. And then you're like, dude, like, what am I fucking paying for here? Yeah, There's I don't even watch this shit. Yeah, yeah, like, I, you know, that's, it, it's weird. Like, the one thing that I can say that I have been, well, two things, I should say, that I've been watching outside of horror, which last year I wouldn't have done at all. 
I've been occasionally watching NBA games because the Knicks have been on a couple times. And, dude, I've watched the Penguins a handful of times recently. And, like, they're doing really well. It's been fun watching them. So, and that stuff I can watch when I'm half brain dead sitting here after a day of work and everything compared to a movie where, like, I'm just going to fall asleep during it. Because it's yeah. like it's not even keeping my attention. Because and it's not that it's not good. It's just that I'm in, not in a mind space to watch any like actively watch anything. I'm just like a puddle of mud. So, yeah. but you know, I'll be honest. Forty one for me this month so far. I'm not too mad about that at all. But uh, where, do you think that? How do you feel so far about your list, the Jay? Like, is this kind of like? Are you proud of yourself or are you mad or are you disappointed how are you feeling so far from what you've been able to watch i'm very proud as we've been talking about i've had a super busy crazy month you know i'm busy all week week weekends like i said three three of the four or five weekends of october for me you know one i'm t- you know laid up because of surgery one i'm in philadelphia for a wedding this this one i'm going on a mountain getaway so with all that said it's like to to still dip in and be ahead of the game and break the 31 days. Cause I know last year I was like crawling past the finish line. I think I got yeah. like 31 on 31 for me. If I can, okay. I'm always so goddamn busy. Or like I said, we're honest that that would have been interesting, which I didn't do. I didn't make a list of them, but there's like a handful, like at least a, I would say a half dozen to a dozen range of things that I fell asleep to. Like when you mentioned, I forget what you mentioned. You mentioned something that I'm like, yep, that's not on my list. Oh, Carrie. I was watching Carrie. I think oh, I, fell okay. asleep, I fell asleep to that. D- dude, there's been at least probably 10 movies that I fell asleep to that oh, didn't yeah. make the list. Yeah, you know? dude, I was shit. The so I'm proud. Oh, yeah, I definitely am. Like, especially with cable. You know what I mean? If I'm watching something on cable at night or something. And that's a thing, too. Like, I've seen a lot of this shit before. So, like, you have to understand for me, like catching, it's funny because a friend of mine used this recently and I forget what movie he was talking about, but he was like, yeah, I saw this recently. And he was like, as far as normal people, horror movies goes, it was pretty good. Like, I know what that means. So it's like, it's either mainstream shit or stuff like the shit they show on AMC. I've seen literally like hundreds of times a lot of this stuff, uh, especially movies from the 80s. So it's like I could fucking go over this movie in my sleep if I want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's harder to keep my attention or it's like, I got to really be in the mood for it. But I mean, I have been catching a lot of stuff over this month that I had no intention of watching at all. And I was like, oh shit, this is cool. I wanted to watch this anyway. Like freaks was like that for me. So like, I didn't even know it was going to be on and I caught it on Turner classic movies and I ended up watching it. It's such an easy fucking watch because it's barely over an hour. So it's, it's cake, but you know, it's been fun. I'll say that. But like, I de- and I think I told you this too, the Jay, like I'm starting to feel it set in a little bit. The burn, the burnout setting in. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I'm not, it's not like I'm not enjoying myself watching this stuff, but it's just like the overabundance. Cause like there's days where like in this month, like I haven't been doing it as much lately, but like there's days where I've been trying to just grind through as many movies as I can watch. Cause I have the time or it's, you know, like whatever. And you know, that's cool, but like, yeah, it kind of slows you down later on instead of just pacing yourself, at least for me. 
Yeah, no, I, yeah, I still feel pretty good. Like we said, as we talk, handful of days left going through the weekend, and and it's perfect timing because doing our traditional family trip up to the mountains is is uh, we go with family friends and stuff that we all like. That's our tradition is to put on horror movies too, you know. So I'll get some watches in there. But yeah, I'm still still going strong, and I think it's going to be perfect timing for November to hit to you know start getting back into my series and putting horror films on hold for just a, a tad bit because as we say we're horror nuts horror nerds we watch them year-round but just like anything as a human being you can get burned out from anything and I'll, I'll be right behind you by the end of the month i'm sure Hale. you know it's weird this is kind of my routine with this it's funny and it works out the same every year pretty much for me so i kind of burn myself out this month and then november starts and then i kind of watch you know catch up on some shit that i wanted to catch during you know october that i couldn't get to and kind of you know take me a couple of weeks to do that and then uh you know like the thanksgiving and stuff comes around and shit like that and like i'm still kind of just and at this point i'm probably like watching other non-horror movies at this point like you know or, or the only horror movies i'm really watching in november is like the new stuff that comes out that i might have an interest in but like i'm not really going back and revisiting like older stuff or buying a whole lot or anything like that and then december hits and that's when I start being like, yeah, time to pull out Black Christmas and fucking Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night. And like, cause I like those movies a lot and they just fit the season. And then, you call. know, it, and then that's what kind of brings me full circle. And then, like, usually by like January and shit, I'm good. Like, I'm back in, I'm fine, you know? Yep. Or I'll do some weird shit in November too, or I'll like watch a bunch of black exploitation movies or stuff like that. You know, like just completely different than horror type stuff. Oh, you know I'll me, I get my moods for everything. Yeah. So also a good month, by the way, to to pull out like Shaw Brothers stuff and like kung fu movies and shit like that. I don't know why, but like November was always cool with that shit for me. It just kind of works out. So uh but yeah it, it's been fun but i'm I'm definitely getting to that point where i'm like all right i'm ready for november to kind of be here with shit already i mean i love the halloween season it's great and i'm looking forward to it but we're we're under a week at this point so it is what it is and we said too as adults thanksgiving is probably the fav- favorite holiday football oh, family yeah. and food <laughs> yeah just pa- lay around pass and be it out lazy yeah that's that's my i mean you could still watch horror movies on Thanksgiving if you want to and just lay around and be fat and lazy and eat a bunch of bullshit. But, you know, that's basically how that works. So it's not too, it's not all that bad, even though the weather and shit's about to take a turn here for the worse. And that always sucks. But that's just us here in Pittsburgh. So let's head on down to the last drive-in with our friends Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl for a Halloween special uh, double feature uh, first up, from 2001 and director Sam Irvin, Elvira's Haunted Hills. Uh, the setting is Carpathia. The year is 1851. When Elvira gets kicked out of an inn for a slight monetary discrepancy, she is rescued by a local who takes her to stay at the castle in the high hills above the village. The fact that she happens to resemble the Count's former missing wife opens up a can of worms or two. And obviously, Joe Bob, and uh, they had... Uh, uh, Elvira herself, Cassandra Peterson on the show. So that's most likely why they were showing the, you know, second and last Elvira movie uh, this week. Um, I had seen this before, maybe one other time. Um, I forgot all about it 
previously on here. I don't know. Was, was this a first time watch for you, the Jay, or did you see? Yeah, I didn't know she. I, didn't, I only thought she had one official feature film that, okay. that we reviewed before with the last drive-in and the podcast. Or you know what? What was? I don't know if that, that was that Elvira special uh, from last year that we had watched that they had the the, the first Elvira one. film. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't even know this existed. Okay. And the fact so, that it was from 01 too was random as shit to me. Oh uh, yeah, because it was direct to video type shit. Like that's oh, all of course. Was. Uh so this would have been like around the Hollywood video days uh is when I saw it originally. Um but you know, it's kind of like more of the same uh, as far as the the movie goes compared to the first one. Um I didn't care for the movie as much on revisiting it. Um, but I will say that I did enjoy the entire interactions of Joe Bob and, and Cassandra Peterson on the show. That was but, cool. Like yeah. I, I, that was really fun. And like with Darcy sitting in the, for the whole thing, like that was really what I enjoyed here. Like I could care less about the movie and frankly, they still managed to keep me entertained for a couple hours, uh, as usual, which is why I like the last drive in so much. It was a good way to experience the movie again. Cause I don't know if I would have watched it otherwise it was cool too the fact that she's one of the producers and she talked about that aspect which is something i always like you know again throw in don't the, ever put up your own money it's a yeah, bad idea yeah and what's the jay done for his first feature film so I, I was like just nodding with her like you're damn right cassandra i'm right with you i i know that take that advice young filmmakers out there use other people's money that's why there's producers but but yeah, that that stuff was all very interesting. I, I had a quick question at the outset. Hey, Ian, would yeah. you, um, you know, all things considered, um, would you make love to Zuzu, who's her maid servant? Uh, I would not. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because she was like, kind of on the fence, you know, kind of, you know, what's the word like? How do they say it? Buxom. Buxom. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, it's not always a sale for me in that department. Sometimes, yeah. yeah sometimes, nay, I was just wondering that. That's that's where that's where your boy's head goes. I'm watching this. Like, I gotta ask Hey Ed if he'd bang Zuzu. Yeah, but I mean, dude, the weird thing is about this movie is there's not a lot to talk about. It's like it's the same Elvira kind of jokes. Yeah, it's the same uh, shtick with, with the goofy cast of characters. Um, it's not nearly as ambitious or budgetary as the first one because that was like a box office bomb. Um, this one was kind of like a blip on the radar and gone. I remember that. Um, not too many people in 2001 were checking for Elvira movies. I mean, there, she does have her fans, don't get me wrong, and it, but it's just, it's such a smaller thing. And she even said, like, after the first movie, she was trying to get another movie off the ground for all the years in between, and it just, like, nobody would touch her. And it's not her fault, but it's just like that first movie didn't perform. So you're not like a bankable commodity to them. So nobody's going to give you the money to make another movie. And she had to put up her own money to do this. And it probably didn't really make her money back from it. No, according Even to IMDb, to the, the budget was $1.5 I don't see it making that back. Yeah, especially at that. And that's when there was outlets to make money off your movies, like through rental services and things like that. And it still just, you know, was like here and gone. That's it. Yeah, you know, it kind of like it, it, it reminds me because it's almost like a, a shtick with Elvira of like when they tried to make Saturday Night Live sketches into feature films, there's just not enough material. And yeah, you know what I mean? And if you don't yep. have a good story, like 
they, they went for the fish out of water thing in the original Elvira, which worked for her like that. You know, it's one of those ones where this this one makes that first one look like it's really good. You know, the first one compared yeah, well, to it. Dude, you know what? The one thing that I always thought they kind of fucked up with, like they missed the boat on is and this is what I would have been like, say I was like a studio head at the time or something. And she's coming in with the script and wanting to make this movie. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm making this. I was like, but there is one way that I think this would work is to make a fucking monster movie with Elvira. Like, think of like the monster squad, but instead of kids, it's Elvira. Like in a different setting, it's it's obviously not a kid's movie, like shit like that. But it's like an actual fucking monster movie with Elvira. That would have been fun. I think people would have got a kick out of something like that. It would have been tongue in cheek. It would have need needed the right screenwriter to, to kind of bring that shit to life. But I think that would have worked. But just kind of like a smaller, truncated version of the first movie in a different setting, filmed in Romania. Like, they got a little too cutesy. And, like, frankly, and you know, a lot of it just doesn't work for me. Like, I just didn't find a lot of it funny. No, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, it's just a lot of the jokes just fell flat for your now, brother Jay. The the performances of the cast were good. Like they were all good. Like I don't I don't have a problem with any of the acting and shit in the movie because like they were able to get like a goofy cast of characters on purpose, and everybody did good in their roles and stuff like that. But it's just the writing's not there. The jokes aren't there. Um, it's just like the same shtick from Elvira. Um, a couple funny things from other people, and then basically everything just runs itself dry through the remainder of the running time. Yeah, yeah, they just did not have enough material, like I was saying earlier. A lot of this really dragged. Half the time, I'm just like, you know, and again, you're talking to old pros here. I'm not sitting here, you know, going into an Elvira movie expecting The Godfather or some gem out of it. But, you know, you, you look for things that are just coherent and interesting and it just yeah it just wasn't here like half the time like what the fuck is happening yeah you know it's, just, it's like oh she she one of those plot devices where she resembles the counseled wife and all that so he lusts after her it's like you know like, it's okay. kind of like a dracula film trope i get it but yeah it just didn't just didn't pan out exactly so uh as we do here on the show the jay do we have a tagline for elvira's haunted hills we sure do. Hey, yeah, Elvira's Haunted Hills, evil, terror, lust. Some girls really know how to party. There you go. So, uh, and as we do here on the show, we have a five-star rating scale. I gave Elvira's Haunted Hills two stars. I'm right with you. Hey, yeah, I would consider two and a half, but can't can't give it the bump. It was uh, honestly tough to get through. One of, one of the positives I'll throw out there to surmise the review here is the atmosphere around Halloween, which again is why they they did it on on Joe Bob and having Cassandra in person and everything like you mentioned is the fact that it, it has all this stuff as far as the the atmosphere goes. You know, the haunted castle, the creepy characters, like you said. So at least it wasn't bad having on, and the interludes 100% helped. I'm right with you when you said you're not sure if you would have revisited this if it's just streaming. You know, I'm I'm right there with with you with that. The last drive-in helps so much with with films like this. Yep, it definitely did here, and it's it's what made this watchable to me. So, yeah, and, and that part was fun. Like that, I looked forward to those. Yeah, she was good. It was interesting to hear from her. You know, she has an interesting life, man. Like for sure, even, even outside of the Elvira stuff, and they went into a lot of that. So that was really cool too. So, 
moving right along to the second uh, film of the double feature. This one was a little bit more fun. Uh, from 1991 and director Mark Harrier, this is Popcorn. Uh, a horror film festival held in a theater, which was once the scene of a tragic fire, turns into a real-life horror show. Uh, Popcorn's a cool movie. It's pretty underrated. Um, it has a really good cast, too. Again, uh, Jill Sholin uh, plays Maggie, who was also a guest this time around. So they did a double uh, double dose of guests, which is a little bit different from the way they do it on the regular season, uh, which was fine with me. Also, Dee Wallace is in the movie. Kelly Jo Minter, who is in you know myriad of horror movies, Summer School, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, Ray Walston, uh, Mr. Hand, if you will, from yeah. last time at Ridgemont High. Uh, and a whole other cast of characters in this one. Uh, oddly enough, they brought this up. Uh, Joe Bob brought this up, and this is something that I always found funny about popcorn that I did know. Uh, it was filmed in Jamaica, in Kingston, Jamaica, uh, in a pretty bad area. Um, and they filmed in an abandoned movie theater. Most of the movie takes place in the movie theater. Um and but like, dude, the thing is, like, it sounds like it's low rent. And when you're watching it, it looks like it's kind of low rent. But then when they start showing the movies and shit that they like went and made. That was really uh, cool. Yeah. Like popcorn is a really like if you're a horror movie fan or you're just a big fan of like the movie going experience, like you'll find popcorn to be a fun movie like the cast is good. The it, it's fun. Uh, it's not a masterpiece by any stretch of the means, but like it doesn't drag. Uh, it has a solid ninety-one minute runtime. Like it's it a lot. Like there's a ton of weird shit going on, and it's not as sensical as a lot of people might like. But if you can kind of like sit back and just kind of like enjoy the show of it, it, you'll have a lot of fun with it. That's good breakdown, hey, Ed, because that's exactly the Jay's experience. I, and I, I watched it by myself, and I always bring this up because I think it's a great barometer for humor and completely by myself just crack it up at a lot oh, of the yeah. hijinks. We're at the, the front end of our review here. I will say, too, this was a first watch for the Jay uh, as being a big horror nerd. This was one I, I missed. I, I had mentioned to you it's one that always stood out from the poster, you know, being in the video mm -hmm. stores and stuff. But uh, it's just one of those rare ones that, that I missed. And, and again, shout out to The Last Drive, and that's why I love them popping these up, giving me an excuse to, to put it in front of me and check it out. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. You know, some of the highlights for the J as far as, like, cracking up, there, there was one moment – where the I guess he's somebody that works at the the movie theater. Uh, you know, the character is like working in the back. He's like an older guy, and the the boyfriend of the the main protagonist, Jill, uh, or Jill plays or Maggie. Yeah, uh, he he's you know Mark. So he's involved, and he comes back there, and this is like towards the last act, hey Ed, where uh, just so you know where I'm at here where he's kind of starting to figure out himself what's going on with the killer. Because, yeah. again, it's one of those tropes where Maggie's, like, going nuts about this killer and she's starting to put together the plot it's, about this guy and, like, nobody believes her and all that. It's like a proto-slasher. Like, it's not a slasher, but, like, it definitely uses, like, the slasher film formula of doing things and presentation right. and stuff like that. That's that's kind of what I like about it. Like, it does do that, but it's it deviates. It's not really a slasher. Yeah, and it all goes back to this Lanyard Gates character 
that's like, you know, she sees the first movie they show the possessor and like, that's what starts like the whole thing with her and her subplot. But I, I digress. Hey, I just to get to my point with, with this part that had me crack it up. So Mark is kind of starting to put things together. So he finds some more clues and stuff in this like back room, like where the projectionist and stuff is. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't the dude in the wheelchair that was like doing the shocks. That part was funny, yep. but the bottom line is this dude, like the Mark dude's like all serious looking at these clues and the worker guy just starts going on a rant. Do you remember the mm -hmm. part I'm talking about? He's like, yeah. oh, this, he's like, this fucking guy's coming in and out. He's driving me nuts. And then yep. they like focus on Mark and you still hear him really low in the background bitching. Yep. Dude, I was just dying. That's just my sense of humor. That part was hilarious. And then when the, the lead villain, he has no face on and the one female character, uh, well, well, it's like when he's, he does have a face, but uh, you know, you could barely see him. And the one female character is like bitching about a guy to him and he just starts going on a rant and he's like, I have, I have my own problems. I don't yeah. want to deal with your problems. He just like slams the door on her. And of course, like, you know, right before the cut, she's like men, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's, it's shit like that. You know, that's why I bullet pointed these in my notes was like the stuff that stood out that I was just entertained by and just fucking, you know, just giggling about, you know? And dude, there's some really weird shit with this movie. So as I mentioned earlier, it's directed by Mark Harrier. And Mark Harrier didn't really do a bunch of other movies, okay? He's a guy from Porky's. I never saw so much wool. You can knit a sweater. It, exactly. So <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be the original director. The original director is also the writer, Alan Ormsby, uh, who's in Bob Clark's Death Dream. He's in Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things by Bob Clark. Uh, and it also happens to be that Bob Clark is a producer on this. If you don't know who Bob Clark is, guys, it's the guy who made Black Christmas and A Christmas Story as well as Porky's. Um, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that he had anything to do with this. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of these people. And Joe Bob brings this up, and I think it's because he was trying to get completely away from horror. Because at yeah, the time, was, he was one of those guys. Like, I'm not doing any more horror, so I'm not directing it. And Bob Clark would like. It's weird, man. Like, yeah, he didn't want to do shit like horror at that point, right? But he wanted to direct shit like Baby Geniuses, like which is bizarre to me. But anyway, uh. It, and when you figure, and Joe Bob brought this up too, and I was very glad when he did, because he was even like, okay, so Alan Ormsby got fired. Like, why wouldn't Bob Clark just fucking direct it? Like, right. he's more than a competent director. Then he's bring in Billy on, from Porky's. Yeah, like, so it, a lot of people think that he did direct it, but it's, he used Billy as the name on it. But like, when you watch the movie, like there's no indication at all that this is a Bob Clark movie. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't, you know, Bob Clark's a pretty competent director and this just doesn't, not that this director was incompetent. It's just not Bob Clark. So, uh, but the movie has a pretty interesting history, especially for a, a horror movie that was released in 1991. Um, it's definitely a product of the eighties, but it doesn't feel like it was made in the eighties. It also doesn't really feel like it was made in the nineties either, which is really bizarre. Um, it kind of feels like its own thing. It really stands out to me. That's why I think it's weird that a lot of people don't even know what this movie is, because if you were a horror fan in the nineties, this one sticks out to you because there wasn't a whole lot of good shit coming out in the nineties. So that's, it's specifically one of those like, 
handful of American, you know, like popcorn uh, from dusk till dawn, uh, brain scan. Like these are all like, you know, oddball 90s horror movies that are actually really good. And they stick out. Yeah, they stick out because the rest of the crop is like horseshit for the most part. So and there's other ones, too. But I just wanted to bring up those examples. As we do with the trip to the last drive in for this film, they had lead actress Jill Sholin in the studio with with Joe Bob and Darcy. And, And she was interesting. She was all bubbly. And and cool, you know. I, I liked uh, her interludes with them. Pretty good yeah. stuff. It was, it was funny because um, I guess Darcy and, and her had done some sort of uh, podcast stuff together in the past. So Joe Bob brings that up, and he's kind of like half joking. He's like, "Well, Darcy, he's like, why don't you take over the interview? You guys have a you know rapport already from doing podcasts." And she's like, "Okay, I will." And starts talking about it, and he's like, "Okay." Now this is turning into uh, Access Hollywood because Jill Sholin, the actress, actually dated Keanu Reeves and Brad Pitt in her past, which is pretty interesting. And then Joe Bob's like joking because she ends up bringing up her other ex-boyfriend was the dude that did all the dancing for Kevin Bacon and Flashdance and then left her for a man. And yep. he's like, he's like, man, we're, we're B level here. You're bringing the A list, man. We got, you know, you're talking about Flashdance and Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves. Like you're, you're taking us up a notch, but, but all that stuff's interesting, of course, is, is movie guys too, to, you know, hear some inside stuff about, um, you know, the unique career of Jill as well, you know, as being part of this. Yeah. And she, if you noticed, they didn't really talk a whole lot about stepfather. Right. It was real quick. They did, but it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it wasn't anything extensive. She had a really bad experience making that movie. And I don't really quite know what the story is on it. It's, I don't think that it's it, it, either. I don't remember. Or it's not common knowledge. Um, but she like, mentioned she's working on a book, so it might come out. Yeah. From her I, perspective, I just, at least. I just think it was a rough shoot for her. I mean, it, it looks like a rough shoot when you watch the movie, like she's really getting dragged through the shit. Like, you know, through the course of the movie, it's like a rough shoot kind of a thing. I don't know if it was that or what, but, um, but yeah, she doesn't like talking about it a whole lot. Like she'll sign stuff for it and everything. Like she's not that way about it, but, um, but yeah, she doesn't really like talking about the experience too much, but, uh, but popcorn obviously is not the case uh, with her. She, she obviously had fun making this movie. Um, it's not anything that like it, it has, it, this is like a really good example of what a cult movie is too, by the way, uh, movie that kind of <laughs> yeah. has garnered some sort of an interest over the years, but like it was basically, and pun intended, it was basically like a popcorn fart when it came out. Cause nobody really cared a whole lot outside of the horror people. <laughs> At one point, this Rastafarian band does this number. It's hilarious. In, in the theater. <laughs> it's hilarious. hilarious. I didn't know what was going on. And then again, thank God for Joe Bob and them, because like you said, it's explained that it was filmed in Jamaica. Yep. So I'm like, okay, that was just a local band they got because they needed some band for this idea in the film. And, but uh, I mean, when it happens and it's the first watch, I, I was just, I was crying. Like that shit was so funny. The song's like weirdly catchy, but you're just like, again, it's the, the classic, what the hell is going on right now? Kind of thing, you know, with this band just going nuts and everybody's yeah. like knows the lyrics. In yeah, the and theater. Every, everybody's yeah, singing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. To it's see ridiculous what, this, what they managed to pull out of this movie uh, shooting in Jamaica too. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, as we do here on the show, the J tagline for popcorn. 
there's a bunch of them for for popcorn actually it is uh, one the, of my favorites too it, it has the, the first one it, it says the possessor on the top corner it says 15 years ago he murdered his family on stage and burned down the theater tonight he's back for an encore uh, then it's the one buy a bag go home in a box that's my favorite one yeah, that's a really good one. And the final one, you know how we talk about this. IMDb throws like random taglines on there, whatever goose Philly's in. But it's pay to get in, pray to get out. I like that one. That's not yeah, a not bad, bad one. Not so, bad. and as we do here on the show, five star rating scale. The J, what do you got for popcorn? Going three and a half for popcorn. Fun flick. Uh, you liked it a little bit more than me. I give it three stars, but I do like popcorn. It is fun, uh, and it was a pretty good. I thought double feature for the most part. Like, I didn't really care for the Elvira movie, but I know why they showed it. And I was really happy whenever they announced popcorn because I'm like, ah, it's perfect for the segment. So, did this have any sort of a uh, hard copy release? What popcorn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm looking on Amazon. It's on Blu ray because it's, it's oh, yeah. one I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind popping in the collection. Yeah, it's a fun, like, it's something that I wouldn't mind, like, like this time of year doing the 31 days and everything, like, I would grab it and, yeah. and watch it or something, you know, give it another shot. But, yeah, but, uh, but that is our last official week of the 31 days of Halloween. Next week, we're going to talk, me and the Jay basically do this thing where we have, like, a lineup of questioning about our, our lists and what we watched and everything that we'll do that. And then we'll give you guys the final tallies next week on the show. But we're not going to cover anything specifically for Halloween. Uh, we're going to kind of move on because uh, it will be November at that point. So it is time for another commercial break. And whenever we come back, me and the Jay are going to be talking all about the NFL. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back right after this on the What's Real podcast. What? Where, where am I? What is that? Uh, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing with that chase? Run! It's the What's Real Podcast, 31 days of Halloween, as we go through all 31 days and all of the scary, amazing horror films that we're going to watch all October long on the What's Real Podcast. And we're back, and it is time to get into some NFL talk. First up, before we get into the league, uh, let's talk about some fantasy football. The Jay, you're the one with two teams, brother. So start us off. Uh, this is the want wah once again. Hey Ed, since we've d- done the podcast, your boy the Jay has been having fantasy struggles, and those struggles continue. We'll start off with the Purple Headed Warriors team that I have. I started off the season two and zero with the Purple Headed Warriors. Hey Ed. Yep. After this week, I am currently two and five, which means oh. I have lost five weeks in a row. I've been hit with the injury bug. I've had issues with double buys, you know, okay. trying to trade off people. So uh, just not not doing good this year at all. We'll see if I can turn it around. There's there's still a chance, a very uh, you know not not a good chance, but there is a chance statistically, I guess, still in, in both my leagues. But yeah, I got pounded this week. 187.74 to 145.04. Uh, again, dude, this the same thing happened to me this week that happened last week, and that's what happens with having two teams and playing fantasy, of course. It's it's par for the course. But I had Joe Burrow in my other league, so he crushed this week, helped me a lot, but I was also playing him. 
And that's what happened last week with with a big player. I was uh, yeah, okay. I had him and played him with the two different teams. So uh, yeah, my opponent had Joe, Joe Burrow who crushed. He had Walker, the running back for Seattle, that we don't even know who he is. K Walker the third taken over yep. for uh, uh, dude the, the dude that's out for the year. Uh, listen to this, Penny. Uh, I didn't realize who he was either, and I tried to look him up and realized somebody in my league already has him because I have a 14-team league, and that's how thinned out That's how it works. Is. Yep. Yeah, because then he had uh, Josh Jacobs as well who crushed, so those yeah. were standouts. And then my team just didn't do, good, do too good. I had a last-minute decision at quarterback because I know you have Jalen Hurts too who was on a bye, and I actually ended up with uh, Doug Jones from the Giants and or I'm Daniel sorry, Daniel Jones. Jones. Yeah, I'm thinking Danny of, Dimes. Uh, yeah, Danny Dimes. He did pretty good, but just not good enough. I had some other players do okay. Uh, Keenan Allen, I threw in there, had two points. And once again, have to shout him out. Deontay Johnson is just killing me. Womp, I have to quit, quit bitching about him and just take him out. Hey, Ed. But but yeah, struggling. Uh, I'll get to my other team after you, but throwing it your way. Hey, yeah, the Jays, two and five with the Purple Headed Warriors. So I was walking into this week with a conundrum, as you mentioned, because I had Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback who was on a bye week. So uh, I drafted with this in mind, but his backup was Russell Wilson, who's not playing well and who is also hurt. So I essentially had to drop Russell Wilson and pick up Marcus Mariota. And this pisses me off, too. Somebody's already picked up Russell Wilson in my league, but whatever, they can have him at this point. (laughs) So uh, it was a weird week for me, dude. I had... uh, I'm on St. Brown from the Lions back from a bye week, and the dude got concussed really at the beginning of the game. So he he got me 0.90 points. Um, My defense was Atlanta playing against Cincinnati. They got fucking roasted. They got me 6.4 points. Uh, Boswell, 6 points. Um, You know, Alan Lazard, who hurt his shoulder in the game, got me 8.50 points. My first-round draft pick, Debo Samuel, got me 6.9 points. I had a couple decent performances. Marcus Mariota did pretty well for me considering, got me 14 points. Um, George Kittle had his best game of the year with 18.8 points. Alvin Kamara with 14 points. Uh, Of course, Raheem Mostert, who's played well for me this year, uh, really did well against the Steelers with 21 points. Um, And it mainly helped that my opponent just had a shitty down week. He's one of the best high-scoring teams in the league. But I ended up winning this week 96.58 to 83.02. We didn't really set the world on fire with our scores, but I'm still in third place overall in the league. Um, But I'm really tied for first uh, because there's three teams tied at five and two. So, so far, so good. Managing to still get wins when my team underperforms. So that helps. Yeah, you're sticking in there. Hey, yeah, good for you. Uh, just to wrap things up here with the fantasy football talk, the Blue Dragons, the Jays' other team that he manages, uh, better chance with this team a little bit. I'm three and four. Uh, there's a lot of teams right in the middle of the pack, so uh, I, I have a small chance here to maybe turn it around. But I did get drummed this past week, which w- is what we're covering. 157.74 my opponent had to my measly 117.94. Uh, like I said, Joe Burrow crushed, had over 45 points. But that was about it. And then your boy is a fantasy man, uh, manager. I could throw myself under the bus, hey, Ed. I completely didn't even notice until just now when you were when you were going over your team and I pulled this up that Los Angeles' defense had a bye and I didn't take them out. So that just shows you how much I'm paying attention this year. Uh, Michael Gallup for the uh, Cowboys had zero points. 
So I don't know what happened to him because he supposedly played. So uh, I don't know what's going on there. I, I didn't realize Jonathan Taylor was playing. He had a decent game, 15-plus points. And I kept Olave out, too, because I thought he was hurt, and he played and had over 18 points. So I'll throw myself under the bus, too, for throwing some terrible guys in there when I had uh, capable guys on the bench and et cetera. But it is what it is. Hey, Adam, three and four in that league. So we'll see if anything turns around as we move forward with fantasy. But I'm I'm happy you're doing good, Hey, Ed. I'll say that because the Jays still struggle. All righty. So – Let's move right along now, as we do here on the show, the Steelers versus the Dolphins. Uh, we always do the good, the bad, and the ugly of the games. So the J, uh, get us started this week on your first good, if you have any. Oh, I'll throw you a, a big one here, a pretty obvious one. But George Pickens, again, yep. was one of my first goods. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like him and Pickett are developing chemistry. Uh, somebody got to come up yeah. with something creative there. Hey, Ed Pickens and Pickett, their names are so goddamn close. It's even tough to break down, but, but yeah, he, he did really good again, uh, hauling in his first career touchdown on yet another spectacular catch that back shoulder catch with the toe tag swag as they say, Hey, yeah, but, uh, you know, also hauled down a big 30 yard catch down the sideline that jump started the Steelers offense at a point. So looking pretty good again. And it looks like he's starting to gain his confidence, which is good to see his Steeler fans. Yeah, I agree with you. That's I would definitely put uh, George Pickens in that category. Um, I thought he played particularly well. Um, I wish I could say the same about almost anybody else on the offense because that's not really the case. I mean, I thought that the line played okay. Uh, they weren't really an issue, you know, picking at time to throw and stuff like that. So I'd put them in the good this week. Um, you know, not anything great, but good. You know what I mean? They were able to to get plays and, and do things. Um, but I thought the running game was lacking again, though, a little bit. But, you know, I thought that they were they played well enough. I'll say that much. Yeah, good points. I, I had Terrell Edmonds on mine. Hey, uh, you know, still showing just how valuable he is to the Steelers. And, you know, he did uh, drop an interception, but, you know, was a force in the box once again, even played well in coverage, you know, was running stride for stride with Tyreek Hill, which, you know, that goes, you know, he forced a key in completion there. So he's showing he's a key piece to the defense. And, and you were mentioning last year that they need to sign him up. Yeah, it'd be a smart con, idea. You know, with the contract negotiation stuff, so. And the only other good that I had this week was Minka's hit on Raheem Mostert. Uh, it probably saved a touchdown. So it was a big hit. It was a clean hit, and it was a big shot. Uh, and you don't see those too much in the NFL anymore. Uh, you know, just a nice, hard hit. And that's what it was. So yep, everybody hard, was fine. Clean. Yep, everybody played. It was not a problem. So, uh, but it was definitely fun to see that type of thing because it's been a while. And my my last one, hey Ed, it was just good to see Pat Fryermuth. Speaking of fantasy, I have him on fantasy, and he was out with a concussion. Seeing him come back in, and he's just still doing his thing, man. He caught eight passes for seventy five yards. So. I wanted to throw him in the good. I thought it was a good comeback coming off the bench from being concussed and on, on protocol and everything. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. I'm not going to complain too much about Friar Muth. He, he's usually pretty solid no matter what. So uh, now we go into the bad. Um, and this is one of the first times I'm going to have to say this this year uh, for me anyways. But um, the secondary looks like shit right now. Like collectively, like even yeah, with ball skills. Yeah, they're just not 
finishing plays. It doesn't look good. It's too up and down. Like, remember we were saying last week because they played well against the Bucks that, like, maybe we need to reevaluate the secondary and shit because these dudes played really well. Um, the fact of the matter is, is they're too up and down. That just tells you that they're not good. Like, they have the capabilities of playing good, but they're inconsistent, and that's what makes them not good. Um, so you never know what you're going to see out there week to week, and it's probably hard to game plan whenever you know your secondaries like that. Yeah, I mean, they, they should have had a minimum of three interceptions. Yep. You know, and th- that's just killer, especially with the turnover ratio that, that we had, of course, which really but they, lost us the game. So. But but on the bright side of things, they were able to keep uh, Tyreek Hill manageable. He didn't go ape shit on them, um, but still not a good performance. You got to be better than that. And my, mine was Kenny Pickett. Hey, Eel. Um, I'm behind Kenny Pickett. I, I think that this is the year that he needs to be in there, throw him in the fire and learn. Like we were saying, I still think he needs to be the starter if he's healthy and just start to grow in the NFL. But week to week, calling it like it is, uh, you know, he, he just seemed out of whack, missed a lot of throws in the first half, started bouncing back a decent amount in the second half, manufacturing some drives in the fourth but, you know, mind-numbing interception in the final minute on a ball which he should have thrown out of bounds, things like that. That's, you know, that's r- rookie mistakes, rookie growing pains. It's things he has to learn. But, you know, these interceptions, you know, we were talking about that off here. He has as many interceptions as one other uh, player in NFL history has had at this point uh, with seven. And ironically, that is Terry Bradshaw in NFL history. So, but uh, Kenny Pickett's uh, definitely got to be in the bad due to that play. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But uh, okay. I don't have anything else in the bad category this week, the Jay. Okay, yeah, I could throw – I only have one more uh, bad or ugly. I could definitely throw it in the ugly because it will make sense to you too. Okay, so let's get started on the ugly. Uh, I'm going to say Kenny Pickett this week. Um, he didn't look right this week, like you said. Um, his interceptions cost him the game. Um, it's the worst game that I've seen him play so far, just from an all-around standpoint. I will give him a little credit. Is He doesn't seem to get shook by the interceptions. He'll still continue to throw the ball downfield and stuff like that. But um, he was definitely off today and, and the, the day of this game, and it, and it cost them big time. But it is a learning experience. I'm not uh, you know, going to freak out or be like he sucks because he's, he's a rookie. That's going to happen. you got to eat that. Uh, his first season so it, it just it happens it happens yep exactly my my uh, last one hey out here in the ugly is a guy we've been throwing out in the bad and ugly through recent weeks and i'm throwing his ass in the ugly this week and that of course is presley harvin the third starting off the to open the game with the junior varsity punt of 23 yards um he's just gonna be out of a job soon to be yeah, honest with you. I, I, you know what? I normally wouldn't say this, but be, especially because we drafted him, but it's time to cut the dude and move on. Like, it just is. I mean, if you want to say fuck the season, then so be it. But, like, yeah, it, he's not a capable NFL punter. It sucks. It's, I, I missed what happened. Didn't they bring in the punter we had before him Jordan again? Barry. Like, Jordan Barry, but I guess he didn't make, make the team and they kept Well, no. He he played for us when Presley Harvin was hurt. Was he hurt was, when he was hurt, and then they just yeah. got rid of him when he came back? That's okay. Yep, yep. So it, it just kind of is what it is with that. So uh, another ugly for me is just the defense is just, you know, they just fold. They're not good. They don't have good schemes drawn up. They didn't get any pressure on the quarterback again. It just is what it is, like the defense. 
And I'm one of these people, too, that, like, I don't think that everything's going to fall back into place when T.J. Watt comes back. Like, they're going to be better, but it's just not going to be what people are expecting. It's just not. Yeah, and just just the last thing, let's throw out the – we we have to throw Canada in here. Hey, you know, uh, he's the shits. He should be fired yeah. right now. <laughs> Specifically, the script of scripted offensive series. So let's break this down here with help from Steelers Depot as we shout out our references. So opening up the game, the Steelers went three and out right away, and then threw a pick on the very next possession. Coming out of the half with the football, the Steelers proceeded to go three and out three times with a four and out and a five and out sandwiched in between. Ugly. Dude, I'm not trying to be funny or anything when I say this. Matt Canada literally is a candidate for the worst offensive coordinator in NFL history. Like this dude, <laughs> he runs the most pedestrian fucking high school uh, remedial college fucking offense I've ever seen. And and think about it. We were just talking about how the NFL has less scoring this year because the high powered offenses and you know them introducing RPOs and and all these crazy genius offensive schemes and everything over the last few years the defenses are starting to get caught up the game evolves you know so it's like right at a time when this is happening in the NFL where even the high powered genius offensive guys the Andy Reeds and things have to you know keep up with the defenses catching up to them we have this dude calling the shots where he would have been behind in in like 95. Yeah, it it's, seems. It's atrocious. It's the runs the the jet sweeps and the fucking reverse jet sweeps. It's it's mind-boggling. Um it looks like a dude that drew up his entire offense playing Madden 97. It sucks. It's boring as shit. It doesn't work. It puts up no points. It's doing nothing for Kenny Pickett's fucking development. Um, other players got to be getting frustrated anyways. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Like, as much as I don't like Claypool, like, if I was him, I'd be just chomping at the bit to get traded the fuck out of here because it's a yeah, mess. Right. It's not going to be any better until they get rid of it. And to kind of expand on your ugly, it goes into Mike Tomlin now because if you're not ready to move on from the guy, then the fucking blame falls at your feet. You're the one that's yeah, keeping right. him here. You're making he that decision. Stinks. Yes, you're making this the decision to do this. I think they're doing the same thing with the defense. Like, I don't think Terrell Austin's proved that his scheme or anything that he does is fantastic or amazing or any anything close to that. And you're sitting on Brian Flores, who's a very capable defensive coordinator in the NFL. So, like, you're kind of holding him as a linebacker coach for what? Like, what are you? You're right. doing it to the detriment of your team. And if that's your decision, then again, the blame falls at your feet as the head coach. If you're the one making those decisions, then it's your fault. Yeah, I'd be shocked if somebody hasn't done this, but I haven't seen it. We might have to talk to our producer, the wizard behind the boards, Cam, throw together some what real, some what's real viral shit, and and do a uh, crossover with South Park, blame Canada. Yeah. the song from the movie yes. with the Steelers. Absolutely. Somebody needs he, to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the damn blame for most blame of the season Canada. falls at his blame incompetence. Canada. 100%. So, uh, anything else you'd like to add this week for that, the J? My head hurts, hey, Ed. Let's move on. All righty. So, let's go to our predictions from last week. Uh, first up, uh, as we just mentioned, the Dolphins beat the Steelers 16-10 to in a game that we both got incorrect. We tried to... 
say that the Steelers would win this one, and they didn't, so we both muffed that one. Yep. Uh, next up, the Arizona Cardinals put a beat down on the Saints, forty-two to thirty-four, and I believe we split on that one with me picking the cards and you picking the Saints. Uh, no, we both had the cards winning, so oh. we got that one. Yeah. Okay. Next up was the Falcons at the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals would win thirty-five to seventeen. I know I got that wrong, and I think you got it right. Correct. Yeah, I picked the Bengals. All right. Next up, we have the Lions getting smashed by the Cowboys in Dallas 24 to 6. And I think we both picked that correctly. We called that. Yep. Next up was the Colts and Titans. And I think we split on this one, right? Nope. Both called that. Okay. Titans Titans win 19 to 10. We also have the Commanders versus the Packers. Uh, The Commanders beat them. Uh, 23 to 21, and it looks like the Packers are really going downhill fast, and I believe we got that one wrong. Yep, two L's. Another one we got wrong, the Carolina Panthers would beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21 to 3. Yeah, biggest upset of the week. Uh, Another one here, the Giants beat the Jaguars 23 to 17 in a closer game than a lot of people thought, but I think we both picked the Giants to win. I know I did. We did, yep. Next is the Ravens beating the Browns 23-20, to and we both got that one correct as well. Correct. The Texans would lose to the Raiders 38-20. to I think we split on this one. No, we got that. Okay, so the Raiders would win there and got that. Yeah, the, the rest we all picked the, the same picks. Okay, got it. Uh, so we got the Seahawks beating the Chargers 37-23, to and we both got that one wrong. Uh, Kansas City would beat the 49ers 44-23. to We got that one correct. And uh, I think this one uh, we both got wrong as well. The Bears beat the Patriots 33-14. to And with that being said, the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles were all on by this week. Uh, I know I did. I was 8-5 and five this week, the Jay. How did you do? Yeah, 8-6. Eight, eight and six. There was 14 games. Or I'm sorry, 8-6. and six. Yeah. And then I was 9-5. and five. So our tallies, the Jay, so far this year with the What's Real NFL Weekly Predictions is a total, grand total of 57 and 51. So I'm staying in that win column barely. And hey, Ed's a solid 64 and 44. All right. So not bad. bad. We're both in the win column for, for predictions. All right. So you know what that means? It is time to get into our weekly power rankings. What's Real NFL Power Rankings? This is where me and the Jay... Uh, tell you who is from the worst to first in the NFL. Uh, so this week, the Jay, this is a familiar face for me, at least uh, in this spot at 32. This is where I have the Detroit Lions. All right. I'll bring in my keeping it with the Panthers. Even with the the win, the upset win, I still think the Panthers are dismal. Hey, Ed, I'm keeping them at the bottom. All right. At 31 this week, this is where I have the Houston Texans. That's a great minder. Texas at 3-1. And 30 this week, that's where I have the Panthers after their big win. They'll probably go back down after this week, though. Yep, that's our swap. That's where I have the Detroit Lions. 29 this week, this is where I have the Las Vegas Raiders. That's where I put the Commanders. At 28 this week, this is where I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where I put the Bears. 27 this week, this is where I have the New Orleans Saints. I have the Raiders. 26 this week is the Denver Broncos. That's a great minder. 25 this week is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, That's where I put the cards. 24 is where I have our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll piggyback you. I have the Browns at 24, the Steelers at 23. At 23, that's where I have the Commanders. And And at 20... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's why I put Jacksonville at 22. 
22 this week for me is the Bears. I take over. Hate you. And just missing outside of the top 20, dude. This is probably the lowest they've been uh, since maybe the first year we started doing the show. But this is where I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 21. All right. Yep. I'm uh, still keeping them up there, but I see why you're saying that. I I, I have the Saints at 21. All right. Uh, just breaking the top 20 this week for me uh, at 20. This is where I have the Indianapolis Colts. All right. At 20 is where I have the Colts. Hey, that's a great minder. And at 19 this week, this is where I have the New England Patriots. That's where I put the Seahawks. 18 this week for me is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Falcons at 18. 17 this week, dude. This is where I have the Green Bay Packers. All right, that's where I have the Dolphins. 16 this week for me. This is where I have the Arizona, or I'm sorry, the Atlanta Falcons. All right, that's where I have the Patriots. 15 this week is the San Francisco 49ers. All right, this is where I put the Bucks. At 14 this week, this is where I have the Los Angeles Rams. All right, that's where I put the Titans. 13, this is where I have the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, right behind you here with the 49ers. At number 12 this week, this is where I have the Miami Dolphins. Right, that's where I have the Packers, a bit higher than you, but they're falling. And just outside of the top 10 this week, uh, the highest they've been uh, probably since last season, uh, at 11, this is where I have the Seattle Seahawks. All right, this is where I have the Rams. Now we get into the top 10 this week at number 10, the J uh, division rival for us. This is the Baltimore Ravens spot for me. Right, this is where I put the uh, Bungles. I have the Bengals this week at nine. All right, that's where I put the Jets. Eight this week for me is the Tennessee Titans. That's where I have the uh, Jets. And I have the Jets at seven. All right, that's where I put the Cowboys. And the Cowboys just missed the top five for me at number six this week. All right, that's where I have the Ravens. All right, now for the top five. Uh, at number five for me this week, the J, Minnesota Vikings. Great minder. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. All right, some swapping here. I have the Giants at four. I have the Giants at three. Chiefs at three for the J. And both teams were on a bye, so nothing changes at the top for me. Two this week is the Buffalo Bills, and number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Same with me because ours were swapped last week as well. I have the Eagles at two, Bills at one. All right, so uh, it's really starting to get steady at this point, I think, uh, which is the halfway point um, for uh, the NFL season for the most part. Uh, we're getting there anyway. I mean, slightly getting there. Um, but we have picks now for week eight. Uh, let's see how me and the Jay can improve our records, if you will, uh, for our season. So before we get started in the week, uh, the teams that are on a bye for week eight are the Chiefs and the Chargers. Okay. First up, as we do the hometown team, the J, the Steelers versus the Eagles. Who do you like here? <laughs> I mean, we're we're arguing between if the Eagles are one or two, you having them one, me at two. I'm not having the dismal looking Steelers upsetting them. You never know. Hey, yeah, that's why they play the game. It's our hometown team, but we don't homer here on the What's Real podcast. I'm going Eagles. Yeah, same here. I totally agree with you there. Next up, the Ravens going to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, this this could be a toss-up. The Ravens are kind of goofy uh, since last year. Uh, you would think easy to say the Ravens with the fallen Bucks, but 
it, it's way more tough for me to say, but I'm going to stick with with the Ravens as well. I'm going to go Ravens. Next up is the Denver Broncos going into Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I'm going to go with Jacksonville on this one. Same. I have literally no faith whatsoever in the Broncos at this point, especially with the fact that Russell Wilson's hurt. Uh, next up is the Carolina Panthers going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Falcons here, the Jay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Falcons in this one as well. The Chicago Bears look like they're finally starting to get it together. They go to Dallas this week to play the Cowboys, the Jay. I'm sticking with the Cowboys here. Same. I think they keep rolling as well. Uh, the Miami Dolphins go to Detroit to play the Lions, and I think uh, Miami pulls the victory out here. The Lions are terrible. Yeah, I think the Dolphins are rolling again. Two are back. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are going to go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Yeah, this could be a good game, but I'm sticking with the Vikings. I, I like how they're looking this year. Yeah, I think the Vikings get the dub too. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go to New Orleans to play the Saints and the Jay. I think the Raiders are going to get the win here. Yeah, that might be a split. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the Saints. The New England Patriots go to New York and play the Jets in a rivalry game. The Jay, how, who do you like here? Dude, I'm sticking with the Jets. I, I like the underdogs. Hey, we were shitting on the Jets. We had the symphony. We sent them home weeks ago. Jets, Jets, Jets. They ain't the underdogs anymore, and they're right. going to win this week against New England, so I agree with you there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans go to Houston to play the Texans, and, uh, yeah, Tennessee's going to beat them. Yeah, Tennessee all the way here. Uh, the Washington Commanders go into Indianapolis to play the Colts, the Jay. Who do you like here? Oh, this is a battle of poopy teams. Hey, you so it's tough to say. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the Colts at home. You know what? I'm actually going to go with the Commanders on this one. Um, I don't know why. I'm just trying to pick an upset, and I think that they could pull it off. Um, next up is the 49ers taking on the Rams. I don't know about you, the Jay, but I'm going to go with the Niners. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. All right. Uh, let's see. We have the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. This was a pretty tough game for me to pick the Jay. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this one. Yeah, it's um, tough. But uh, who do you think who do you think wins this one? I mean, Seahawks, the Seahawks offense with Geno Smith, man, they're, they're kind of coming up. I have, you know, we speak about fantasy when it gets brought up, just the correlation. I have DK Metcalf, of course, who went out. But the scare was only that, just the scare. He's planning on playing this week. They said the uh, the knee injury wasn't bad, doesn't need surgery, that sort of thing. So that's good for them. Uh, but I'm, again, man, I'm sticking with the, these New York teams and how they're looking. This one could go either way, but I'm going to stick with the Giants. Yeah, I really wanted to pick the Seahawks here, but I can't. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if Seattle does beat them. It, um, it could, they, yeah. At they're home. a capable team. Absolutely. Uh, next up is the Green Bay Packers going into Buffalo to play the Bills. And, dude, the Bills are going to beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, no upset here. And a AFC North Division rivalry for Monday Night Football this week as the Bengals go into uh, Cleveland to play the Browns. Sticking with the Bengals, hey, Ed. Same here. Yeah, I don't I don't think the uh the Browns get the win this week either. So that concludes our NFL coverage for this week. Another week down. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We are up against another commercial break, and whenever we come back, it is time once again for Tales from the Territories. This time on the American Wrestling Association, the AWA. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back right after this on the What's Real Podcast. The blue-eyed lion himself in the blood flow and flesh spewing on the mic as I can only spew for this ad 
for Churchill Pictures and in turn its website, churchillpictures.com. We are Churchill Pictures. Established from the bond of two childhood friends, we envision creating visual content that is completely original, thought-provoking, and most importantly, entertaining. The most recent of our two feature films, The Unsung, is now available to own as we are in a partnership with distributor Bayview Entertainment, and they are helping us put this great art out to the world. So help support, share the word, spread the word, and thanks as always for any and all support. Go to Vimeo.com to rent or buy streaming on Vimeo. Go to the awesome platform Amazon Prime. Rent or buy on Amazon at Amazon Prime, AmazonPrime.com. Or purchase the DVD for you collectors out there. You can buy the DVD from Walmart through Walmart.com or buy the DVD from DeepDiscountDVD.com. That's DeepDiscountDVD.com for the unsung hope lives in the shadows. Check out churchillpictures.com to check out the trailer and all information today. Churchill Pictures, we create worlds. And we're back and it is time once again for the third episode of Tales from the Territories, this time about the AWA, the American Wrestling Association. This was, the AWA was a territory that was essentially like Minnesota. Um, they ran a bunch of places up in that same area, but that was pretty much the home base of it. Uh, we had another round table this time, uh, of course, with Greg Gagne, the son of promoter Vern Gagne, who was also a wrestler there. Medusa, who was also a wrestler in the AWA. Diamond Dallas Page, who started in the AWA as a manager. Jim Brunzel, who was a well-known tag wrestler of the AWA. And Ken Patera, uh, who was also in the AWA in his later years. Um, and it led to one of the most famous incidents in AWA history. So they go over the AWA's creation. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but the AWA goes really far back. It was uh, essentially, it you know, Vern Gagne was one of the first big TV stars in the United States because of the DuPont Network and the AWA had, you know, their wrestling on the channel. Um, but they they talk a lot about the, you know, getting into uh, the AWA and, you know, what that was. And it's weird because most of the people at this roundtable, like Greg Gagne was there the whole time, but he wasn't a major player until the dying days. Uh, Medusa wasn't there until the, the later days. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page was there in the later days. Jim Brunzel was there throughout the glory days. And Ken Patera was there in the later stages. So, you know, these a lot of these guys were not there uh, during the highest points of the AWA. Um, but they still have a lot of pretty good road stories and things that they tell on here. Uh, and it's a weird cast of characters, to say the least. Um, the one thing that I will say about this one, the Jay, is that this one is the one with the most bullshit out of the first three episodes. Um, Ken Patera doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> pass it on, that, which Brunzel calls him out on. Everybody does. Medusa. Um, yep. There's there's a lot of uh, like that. I feel like and this story has been told many times, but the the whole Mad Dog Vashon story uh, with the, the airplane which I think is kind of shitty because it's like you're telling a story that's all about a person who's not there. Um, none of the stories are their stories. Jim Brunzel, I felt, was the one exception of the rule where he basically said that he used to travel with a pharmacy. 
Um, I thought a lot of the other people kind of were like working and, you know, Greg comes off as likable, but he's also a big bullshitter too. It wasn't a bad episode. It's just, you can tell, like, there's a better story of the AWA here and they just chose not to tell it, uh, which I felt is the complete opposite of what they did for the first two episodes with Memphis. I mean, we, we mentioned it about Memphis as well in, in the reviews of the first two episodes of Tales from the Territories that there was the past WWF at the time produced DVDs of these companies in, in territory areas and the, the Memphis one and the AWA one always stood out to us. That's really good. It's really good. So this this is one of those ones that, that really wasn't even as good as that, you know, and this is one from a while ago from the past but like you said this stuff is still breezy it's what i always say the kind of visual magazine storytelling of what they do with the the dark side of the ring crew with the silhouette flashbacks and everything and, and i enjoy it i'm entertained by it i mean i don't you know i don't know what's bullshit or not but the mad dog vashon stories were freaking hilarious you know for those listening that, that might not have caught it mad dog vashon just took his many pills and, and drank as much booze as any human that wouldn't OD or get alcohol poisoning probably could. And they were on like this small plane and he just went ape shit on it. And they had to make a, an emergency landing and everything. <laughs> it, it, you know, again, whatever's bullshit or not, it was really good storytelling. They just embellish on certain things. Right. And that's what that's, you do. Like, and I get that, you know, me, I mean, I'm, yep. I fully admit I'm an embellisher. When you're telling a story, you want to make it entertaining. It's the first time I've heard that version of the story with Ken Patera, though, where it was some random kid who threw a rock through the window. And that's why every one of them on the the panel just called bullshit. Yeah, because it's like, dude, when you find out the real story, it's like the rock was not a size that a kid could have fucking thrown. It was the fucking rock that Ken Patera could throw through the fucking window. That's why. (laughs) And and things like that. And we've had friends like this, not not to digress, but some people, it's the whole dying on the hill thing, or maybe it's a psychological thing where... He he already got arrested. It was a million years ago. What is the motivation or incentive to even lie? And I exactly. and I think that's like his defense is like, you know, why would I lie about this? But then it's like, well, that's that's just like a defense mechanism. You saying that. Well, it's like, why my, would I why would I lie? Like, I don't know, dude. That's what I'm asking you. Right. Because you, you obviously are. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, but, you know, like it's an easy breezy episode. But like they I. I, th- I just thought that, like, it was kind of lackluster. I had a funny feeling that it might be due to the, the roundtable itself and the people involved. Like, the Memphis one literally had the perfect players. This one didn't. And it's not necessarily the creator's fault. It's just most of the major players from the AWA are no longer here with us. So that really hurt the episode as well, too. Now, they managed to get people within the AWA, but not the greatest representation. It's really weird, too, because as a territory, the AWA, I feel like, is most well-known for the people that they trained who happened to not really wrestle for the AWA very much. They would go on to greater pastures elsewhere. Um, If it wasn't for the AWA, the WWF would have never taken off when it did when they went nationwide because they took a shitload of talent from the AWA, including Hulk Hogan. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund, Bobby the Brain Heenan, like a lot of the Lynch I mean, freaking guys. Rick Flair started with Greg Gagne. They talk yep. about that. Ricky Steamboat is from that school as well. Uh, like a ton of guys came out of that. You know, the Rick Roods and the fucking, uh, you know, like those guys passed through there, uh, as did the Road Warriors and stuff like that too. Um, 
but they weren't there as the training school, but they did do stuff in the training school. It's weird. Um, it was like a, a true, like, you know, like you had to prove yourself to Vern if you weren't already established. So guys would have to go through that. And then it's like once they made it through, they, they never gave a fuck about going back because it's like, fuck that. I'm not going back there. Uh, and the money was good during certain years, but not good during the later years. Uh, even Medusa talking about getting the $800 paycheck. Um, that wasn't a common occurrence at that time either. So it must have been for, she probably got $800 for the Superdome show, which they showed some clips from. And I don't know if you could tell or not, but like there's barely anybody there. And they yeah. were in a stadium. The, the dying days. Yeah. It's where the Vikings and the, the tw- or Vikings are the twins or maybe both at one point. But, um, but yeah, it was not a good time for the territory to say the least. And they didn't really get into a whole lot of stuff like that. It's not really the telling the story of the AWA. It's just kind of sharing some road stories. And it wasn't super deep, but it was okay. Yeah, that's what it was because that, that that was in my notes where you know they had the they they'll have like the little titles for the stories and the one was milkshake Martell and that was yep. Medusa's story where she was brought into the AWA to do a program with with Sherry uh, of course which she said was an honor and like you said they tell a road story about uh, Medusa traveling with the boys who would get high and they would leave the windows up in the car because she didn't smoke and they would just be doing a rib to get her a contact high even duct taping the handles that you roll the windows down with so she couldn't. And, you know, they make a stop at Dairy Queen and Sherry and some other wrestlers are there. So she said Sherry starts throwing milkshakes at their car. And, of course, Doug Summers is involved and pulls his ass out to moon them. And, like, again, you know, picture the flashbacks that that the the crew does here with, like, the silhouette stuff. (laughs) They have Doug Summers mooning and everything. And, And the Sherry Summers car ends up wrecking in a ditch. And Medusa goes, you know, Medusa and them's car goes like flying by them and everything, uh, which was hilarious. But obviously everybody was fine. It was just a funny road story. And then this was probably the highlight. Hey, Ed, and I'm sure you would agree just because of the the person that was the subject of this. And that was the next uh, aforementioned title thing that they do, which they called Heenan Heat. And they tell the stories about Bobby Heenan being the greatest all around talent in the business. Yeah, and I, you know, we've said that here on the show before. Yeah, um, it's not hard to tell when you see all the stuff that he used to do, um, and that was see that's a thing. Like he's considered the greatest manager of all time by I'd say the most people, and it's because of his time in the AWA. Like it now, granted, it, he did the other stuff on a bigger scale, but like he was much lesser of a manager at that point than he was in the AWA. Like that's when he was really working. And shit, you know, he was younger and everything else. He didn't have the physical issues that he would have in his WWF days. Um, but like his run in WWF is not even that super long as a manager. He was only a manager there for like less than six years. So, you know, that his whole career was made from the AWA. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that because they don't get to see the videos of it all the time like they do with the other stuff. Right. Yeah. And then uh, next up was what we would have to say is the grossest story that's been told and that was terrible and and that was with uh heenan and adrian adonis on the way to winnipeg in a plane and greg was on the trip and tells the story where adrian has to take a shit but there's an hour from the airport so heenan has an idea and wraps a garbage bag around adonis's ass but it was explosive diarrhea and blew the bag off and heenan gets heenan got covered in shit 
and it turns into this whole big thing. Yeah, and they have the reenactment of it, which is yeah. fucking oh, it's even worse. Everyone's gagging. Like, oh, can you imagine that? And it was funny because it's like Mad, Mad Dog. That's what it was. Mad Dog put his head in the shit bag for thirty seconds. Yeah, and it's, he's like, I'm like, getting yeah. used to it. And he's like, and he pulls his head out, and it's covered in shit. Like, oh. <laughs> It's it's weird. Like people think shit like this is funny, but like this is the stuff that if I witnessed it, I'd be like, I don't want to be around you ever again. Like I really, yeah. the dude that like sticks his head in the shit bag. I'm like, I don't want to work with you or be around you or talk to you. You're insane. No, thank you. So that's yeah. probably a big reason why I'm not in the wrestling business. But, <laughs> but overall, yeah. not a bad episode, not a great episode. It didn't really blow me away or anything like that. It's fine that it's in the series of it, but uh, they did show the commercial for the next one the week after, which was, uh, you know, Championship Wrestling from Florida. And that one looks like it's going to be really good. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. My, my only final... Uh, thing that we already pretty much mentioned, of course, uh, that we were thinking was going to maybe even get its own full episode the way it seemed like they were doing things initially, how they treated Memphis, where they kind of did an overview in the first episode of the Memphis territory. And then the second episode was all about the Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman feud, but they just stuck to just doing the the AWA and all these stories involved. And, and like we said, that was the big Ken Patera uh, throwing a, a big rock through the McDonald's and, and them getting arrested and everything, him and the Japanese wrestler, Mr. Uh, Sato, Mr. Sato, that, that whole story, um, which, you know, like you said, uh, for those not, that might not have picked up on it, that, that are listening during the round table of the telling of this story, Ken Patera is there obviously as part of this, this round table. And he denied throwing the huge rock through the window. That's what Ed and I were kind of talking about. Which he served prison time for. Which he already served. Like, that's what we were saying. He served prison time for it. Like everybody knows, but he said he, his story is that he turns uh, away from some kid that was pissed too. Cause I guess the the whole story is they walked down to this McDonald's and McDonald's was refusing to, to give them any food and said they were out of food or something like that. And said that uh, some young kid threw a boulder through the window. Who apparently quit the job yeah because they fired him which is all bullshit that never happened it was patera that threw the fucking thing so and then he (laughs) fought off a shitload of cops in Sado. that's why that's why they really went to jail but that's neither here nor there don't let the truth get in the way of a bad story (laughs) dummy but not a bad show again like i said looking more forward to the uh, championship wrestling from florida one for next week which we'll be covering here on the podcast so stay tuned for that but it is time for us to get into our final commercial break the jay of the show uh when we come back we're going to wrap everything up and uh, jay is going to take us over to the majestic waterfall of goofs so stay tuned guys we'll be back right after this on the what's real podcast This is Ed from the What's Real Podcast for Physically Fit with Kurt Angle. At Physically Fit, we are committed to providing our customers with the highest quality, better-for-you protein snack nutrition the entire family will enjoy. In a time when product quality seems to be compromised by price, we are determined to be unique and offer different offerings, superior ingredients, great taste, texture, and quality in every bag. We strive to inspire everyone on some level and share values of faith, family, respect, and excellence daily. Our goal is to be a small part of your life, personal growth, health, and happiness. We consider each customer to be part of our growing physically fit family and encourage all to live life to its fullest. Set new goals daily to 
better yourself physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Don't compromise your values and always be kind and respectful to others. Our motto is healthy people, healthy planet, because we believe that providing great tasting nutrition makes for a healthier you, and a healthier you makes for a healthier planet. Strive for a better tomorrow and live physically fit. Go to physicallyfit.com today. Hey everybody, this is Herman James for the What's Real Podcast, and I'm here to just let you know to welcome you to Goofs Are Goofs. And we're back, and it's that time once again. So the J, what do we got this week on the goof front? So as you know, hey Ed, I kind of jogged up here ahead of you down from the What's Real Studios to the lagoon here with the waterfall of goose because I wanted to make sure there's no more goddamn vampire bats that literally, pun intended, came at us, specifically me, the first week <laughs> in October. So mm-hmm. thank thank God they're all they're all gone. We we set up the uh, the booby traps with the tennis rackets that we learned from you, Hey Ed. If you want to get bats out of your crib, go straight to a tennis racket, as Hey Ed has taught us here on the What's Real podcast. But uh, yeah, we're still down here, vampire batless, at the beautiful majestic lagoon in the waterfall of goofs here for episode one thirty seven. And this 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 first one was was just hilarious because this was like a gimmick. That, that I should try to steal if I could possibly grow enough hair. And it goes in with kind of October and the Halloween shenanigans. But mm-hmm. there is a man he had dubbed Mr. Teddy Bear, and he has been described as a real-life werewolf. And if you oh. see his uh, picture, um, it's what I guess the kids these days would call a thirst trap. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's hairy as fuck in like a quote-unquote sexy pose. Uh, but he hasn't stopped growing his body hair since he was a teenager. And he's opening up about what his life is like as basically a human teddy bear. Uh, he's a California-based California individual and is has a look reminiscent of a werewolf. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, that's what I would look like if I never did that shit. But um, that's not how your boy rolls. So we Well, doing? that's the thing. He, he has come to adore his hairy assets, including, you know, of course, his hairy ass. <laughs> his hairy assets. <laughs> Although he wasn't always so happy with said assets. Uh, he has used his excessive fur to create products to manage it. Uh, he would say that he used to wax his body hair and get it all lasered off years ago when he was ashamed of it. Thankfully, that never worked. I remember when I would shave it off within three hours, it was already growing back. Jesus. So, you know, that's why they call him the uh, the human werewolf. So he's, he's the Jeff King of body hair. You remember the the old baseball player, Jeff King? They, he'd be fully shaven at the beginning of the game and he'd have like a almost like a full beard by the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott Hall was a lot like that. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, when it comes to the dating game, the the human werewolf admitted that he had past exes who would shame him for his said body hair and would even passively, aggressively make him shave it. But he says, never again. His last quote, hey, Ed, is that he says, you either accept me as a werewolf or you can go elsewhere. Dude, the fucking defending your body hair is the weirdest hill to die on ever. Like, yeah. who gives a fuck? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Chicks from fuck. Tinder. Yeah, I guess. Like, ew. Weird fucking bullshit. Hence the goofs or goof segment. (laughs) Yeah, hence this. This goes right into us. An orangutan named Ken. (laughs) So, (laughs) So Ken is an orangutan at the San Diego Zoo, and he is known for repeatedly escaping his enclosure to walk around. 
and he would visit other animals and throw poop at his ex-enclosure mate whom he didn't like. Dude, I was dying at this story. Um, you know, next up with the animals, there's this one. It's uh, the the shortlisted 2022 Comedy Wildlife Photography Awards. Wait, what? Yeah. The what? <laughs> the wait, what is that called again? The 2022 Comedy Wildlife Photography Awards. That's not a real thing. Yeah, there's I just no, I just sent it to no, you. I okay. I'm gonna inspect further. Go. Yeah, on. inspect this. But uh, one of the first things I think the winner is uh, there's a picture of a, a zebra farting, and it's actually legit. It's from CNN. Yeah. Hey Ed. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean. <laughs> a zebra farting that's i mean dude they really fucking go into the farts man like they're like, like this thing like it must they must really have uh propelling farts yeah there's like uh dust caught up in the in zebra anus jesus so like, fucking christ i sent you this one an, an unfortunate soul oh. sprouts a yeah two inch dragon horn on the tip of his penis yeah I'm ready to move on. Soon yeah, because this are. is for uh, Thanksgiving. It looks like like a board. <laughs> this is for Thanksgiving. <laughs> In a, and it yeah. has something to do with a horn growing out of a dude's dick. This is the weirdest <laughs> Thanksgiving ever. A patient in China redefined being horny after his penis sprouted <laughs> a two-inch long calcified growth, which later turned out to be cancerous. So, But l- luckily, yeah, Hoi Shan Shi... And Shai Chang uh, lived and had a hornographic experience. So I that's what you. they did there. Uh, next up, <laughs> a, a woman contracted an STD after a janitor put his penis in a water bottle. Uh, she files a lawsuit. Looks like she's going to win. I don't believe her. Yeah, that's what we that's, were talking about that. This is literally like the I don't I, I didn't get this from cheating on you. I got it from a bicycle seat. Fucking yeah, excuse. that's how I feel. Yeah, supposedly, you know, this dude put uh, a dick in a water bottle, um, contaminating it, and then she ended up drinking from it and getting, I guess, what herpes on her on her lips. Yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, I I wish this is like when I could like phone a doctor real quick and be like, ah, it's bullshit. Like, but uh, something here sounds funny to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know what they say: people will sue for anything. Man, that's so, true. Never know. Yeah. Ugh. Next up, hey, uh, not all heroes wear clothes. Porn star Brandon Cummings from the famous Let's Go Brandon series of male on male porn has been arrested after beating up 35 neo-Nazis. Jesus Christ. Is this yeah. dude the fucking Terminator or is he literally like a uh, a serial? Well, they assaulter? said he's the, the Captain America of gay porn stars. Hey, I man, mean, he's he's jacked to high hell. I mean, that's literally his job then is to beat up neo-Nazis. So, I mean, good for him. Yeah, the, like the one dude says, I sense a Roadhouse-inspired movie in the works. And it's there called- was another person that said, male on male porn, come on, new, news folks, just say gay. That's true. That's weird. Yeah. How they, yeah. Weird wording. Fuck? Yeah. Did you, did you hear about the, um, the dirtiest man of all time? That was like a big story. Never mind. No, I didn't. The world's dirtiest man, Amo Haji, who last showered 60 years ago, dead at 94. And the big irony here is he took like his first 
wash like a couple months ago. So it's like, see, you're going to have this dude finally fucking bathe after all these years and then he dies. It's like the person that retires after 50 years on the workforce and dies. Man, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to not shower for 60 years. Like, oh, I like, dude, if I don't shower for like a day, I'm like, oh, I feel fucking gross. Yeah, it's you're weird. you're not a uh, Iranian hermit. Hey, yo, uh, that's the not last time I checked. Yeah, he he was dubbed the world's dirtiest man, and uh, he always considered it an endearing nickname. Uh, and uh, yeah, he died in in his village. Uh, there's footage of him smoking four cigarettes at once. So I, I don't. <laughs> this dude just did not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, clearly he gave up on life without actually giving up on living. Somehow. And meanwhile, he made it till till ninety four. So it's there, one of those. There you things. go. Yeah. Yep. And if anybody's interested in, in learning more, uh, his story was the subject of a 2013 short documentary, "The Strange Life of Omar Haji." So I'm sure you could find that on the interwebs if if you're interested there. Um, this this one was was just hilarious. And then we're ending with with uh, a kind of recurring goose or goose topic. But this woman said that she had an orgasm during labor. And didn't want it to stop, and that yeah. became the, yeah that became this whole controversial thing because I guess her husband got pissed. Oh, well, I mean you can't you can't control it, but that fucking it's like the weirdest thing to get yourself off with. I guess she's into pain. Well, my thing I is like the dude's the one that knocked her up, so it's like you know why are you bitching if she's coming? You know, I yeah, this is a. Ugh. I don't know. But yeah, that's why the, the beginning of the story just says come again. But a Canadian <laughs> a Canadian a Canadian woman said she felt like she was climaxing during during labor and didn't want the experience to end. Hannah Festino, 36, entered the orgasmic state while giving birth to her daughter, Kaya, and credits prenatal yoga classes with the pre- pleasurable pain-free process. Uh, you know, she had a natural orgasm while pushing and dealing with contractions. Yeah, I have a feeling like every woman, every woman that reads this story, hate, they hate her. Hates her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I kind of hate her. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, it's not her fault, but yeah, it's you're not likable. And I, I just sent you this one. Uh, we've done things like this on the show, and it fits in wrapping up the 31 days where a parasitic worm has turned this snail in the footage into a quote unquote zombie that mimics caterpillars to be eaten by a bird where it can reproduce inside its GI tract. Mother nature fucking sucks. Nightmare fuel. Hey, yeah. And do Fuck you see that. the creature? Did you get it? Yeah, unfortunately. I did. It, I it looks like something that, uh, what's our boy that was all hopped up on cocaine that did the thing? I was going to call him Pueblo for some reason. The, the special effects genius from the thing. Oh, Rob Botin. The Witching Hour. Yeah, it's Fuck. like something uh, Rob Botin came up with. Yeah, up I don't know. Mug. I don't know what I'm doing at this point. I just dropped my mic. Fucking what a mess. Yeah, I, I say I'm the Jerwolf. Hate you. Know, I'm the I'm the human werewolf now. I'm stealing that guy's gimmick because it's too good. Yeah, I'm I'm a zombie at this point because I definitely feel like I died about an hour ago. Yeah, me too. Instead of rehashing like we typically do on Goose or Goose, all the various crazy shit we did. There's been too many this week. And I'm just going to end it you know, with the catchphrase where goofs are goofs.
So that's about it for us this week, guys. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, if you are listening on Apple iTunes, feel free to give us a five-star review. It helps the algorithm and gets more eyes and ears on the program, so we would appreciate that. Of course, you can listen each and every week on all of your favorite platforms, such as Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and, of course, each and every week on churchillpictures.com. If you have something you'd like to add to the show, you could do so at whatsrealpod at gmail.com. Again, that is whatsrealpod at gmail.com. But before we get out of here, I hear the J revving it up. So the J, take it away. Revving it up, hey, Ed, like a parasitic worm that turned a snail into a zombie that mimics caterpillars to be eaten by a bird where it can reproduce inside my GI tract. Love the show, hey, yeah. Gotta do our shout outs. First and foremost, our amazing producer amongst producers, the wizard behind the boards himself, Cam. Thanks for what you do in that 16K consistent, constant, weekly sound that you give us we appreciate you cam to my brother hey it's been another hell of a fun journey here in the 31 days here in october and here in the world of the dub R question mark always having a blast and i'll lead the charge like george washington's ghost on the rough river waters stay safe stay healthy you'll hear the j next week so that's about it for us this week here on episode 137 of course to our producer cam thank you for all the hard work you put in each and every week and making it sound so good as we know here on the show nobody beats the whiz of course the j clang clang brother clang, clang. another successful title defense we still are the undefeated tag team championship partners in podcasting from here and eternity so that is about it for us here on the show this week on episode 137 don't forget to join us next week for episode 138 and beyond so stay safe stay healthy and we will see you here next week on the what's real podcast what's real